All right, turn to Matthew 28, 19 and 20, the Great Commission, and let me give you a little introduction this morning because we're beginning this summer. I'm calling this is, this is the beginning of summer for me, for us. In just a few days, our, uh, uh, everybody will be out of school, summertime, uh, and so uh, uh, we're going to really have a strong emphasis through the summer uh, on making disciples. Everyone say the disciple makers. In fact, last Wednesday, we got a kickstart this past Wednesday, uh, and I would encourage you, uh, if you missed last Wednesday, and, and some of you did, I would encourage you to go online, C-O-T-R North, and listen uh, uh, to that introductory Wednesday night teaching. Uh, it talked about some revelation that we need. There's some things that God wants to reveal to us. And if we're going to be really disciple makers, we need to let God uh, uh, share and speak some things to our life and our, so our eyes can be open to his purpose and plan for our life. With that in mind, let's pray together and ask God to be with us this morning. Father, today we thank you that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And Lord, today, as I share your Word, may it bring forth much fruit in our lives and in our church. And we pray, God, you would help us today be able to accomplish your kingdom purposes in the earth. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. As you know, Matthew 28, 19, and 20 is called what? The, say it out loud, the Great Commission. We've looked at it from many different angles throughout the course of our, the history of our church, and we're going to continue to do that. As you know, this was what Jesus said, uh, uh, just very quickly before he ascended to the Father, it was his commission to the church, his commission to his disciples, and he said this, verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, go therefore and do what? Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And everybody said, amen. This is called the Great Commission. You know, and we've got to, I want you to begin to see something about this that maybe we haven't seen and let some things be uncovered. We kind of tend to think, well, that's the responsibility of the pastor. How many of you know this is the responsibility of all believers is to go and make disciples? Now, let me give you a little introduction here. Our leaders, some of our key leaders are reading through a book where we're just slowly meditating on a book that a friend of mine gave me. It's called Lasting Impact. And the subtitle is this, Seven Powerful Conversations That Will Help Your Church Grow. And, and that's certainly apropos to us because we've got some challenges in our growth uh, uh, mode. We need some growth hormones in our church family. We need to get over some, uh, some obstacles as far as that goes. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, this book is challenging. In fact, my wife, when she first started reading it, the first chapter, she called me and she said, and, and I felt the same way when I, she said, this irritates me. I said, I know, it irritates me too. How many of you know you shouldn't always just read everything that makes you feel good? It 
it irritated because it, it started uh, uh, addressing some issues uh, in our own life and in, in, in our leadership and in, in the way we do things that, that are challenging. So it's a little irritating. It is very challenging, but it's also very encouraging. And if you'd like to go along with us, you could get on it. It's called Lasting uh, Impact, uh, Seven Powerful Conversations That Will Help Your Church Grow. So we're doing that. Now, the reason I share that with you is one of the helpful insights within the book has to do with mission. You see their disciple makers, our mission, the disciple makers, our mission, our vision. Everyone say our mission and our vision. Let me just throw a little, uh, uh, kind of a, build a little uh, understanding for you. Our mission is the Great Commission, okay? And our mission is, is static. It's God's divine mandate for the church. The Great Commission is God's divine mandate. Everyone say divine mandate. Now, our vision is more personal. It's more uh, uh, individual as far as a church family. That's what I call uh, God's divine methodology and strategy for the church. We're going to begin talking about our mission, and then we'll begin to talk about our vision, some strategy. And let me just say, evidently uh, and undoubtedly, our church, we've got a, a mission, but we've got to have some fresh vision, some strategy, some methodology to reach beyond these four walls and make a big impact in the world. And it begins with understanding and embracing the command and the call of God uh, or the mission of God for our life. Now, here at Church on the Rock North, we have a somewhat newly formed mission statement. It was born a few, uh, gosh, probably about a year ago now. I'd have to go back and look. Uh, when I, pr I shared a series uh, called Defining Moments. How many of you remember Defining Moments? There's, there comes a time in all of our life where we have some defining moments, some, some crossroads times in life where we go, uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Reagan undoubtedly is, is right in the middle of a defining moment. And let me just say, for their sake, they have to leave early uh, because uh, you have to be somewhere at noon. Do you get on a bus and go to Houston? Get on... Yeah, and yeah, she goes with the recruiter, and so they've got to leave in a little bit. So if they get up and leave, they want you to know that they are not offended. All right, so they got to leave in a little bit. So I let you off the hook right there. I want you to know. And so uh, our mission statement—it was developed out of just some some prayer, and as things began to stir in me, and you should know it if you don't. Uh, uh, here it is. It says this: We're called to gather. Say it. We're called to. We're called to, and we're called to, oh, we got ahead of that. Let's, let's start over. We're called to gather, we're called to grow, we're called to give, and we're called to go. Now, this book we're reading, it, it really, it, it asks you questions about your mission and your statement and, and, and what you believe and why you believe you're here. Uh, and, and, and the book encourages us to, is your mission clear? Is it communicated clearly? Are the people connecting with the mission? In fact, he asked this question. He said, is the mission of your church white hot in the hearts of your people? Man, that convicted me. Is our mission white hot? Is it burning bright within us to go and make disciples? to gather, to grow, to give, and to go. And I had to go, well, you know, it's just absolutely not. And so uh, so our goal uh, and my pastoral unction on me today is to begin the process this summer 
of fanning the flames of the mission of God in our heart, where we can catch the call of God beyond just a catchy phrase. How many of you know we got to go beyond the catchy phrase? Look at your neighbor and say, we got to get out beyond just a catchy phrase. Say it. we got to get beyond just a catchy phrase. We've got to catch these four thoughts in our heart that really, and, and let me, here's an interesting thing about this. We're called to gather, we're called to grow, we're called to give, and we're called to go. For years, We've been teaching a connect course for new members, for new Christians. How many of you have been through our connect course at times gone by? Uh, we used to call it finding the rock. It's, con- it's our connect course. Our connect course has four points to it. It has four ty- four classes actually. Let me show you this here. And, and I want to show you how this mission statement links up with what we've been teaching for years. We just didn't have clarity. We're trying to bring a little more clarity. Our four connect courses, uh, here they are. Number one is connecting to your God, connecting to God and growing in God. You know what that is? That's a call to grow. Are you with me? Are you, with, uh, did my, help me out with a PowerPoint here because I, I want to make sure everybody catches this. The Great Commission, here it is. Our four connect courses. Uh, uh maybe I'm hit. What's next? Cause I'm getting, oh, okay. That's not even in my notes, but let's say it. It's a great one. I don't know where that, where it, I, I ditched that. Here, let's, this is important. The, the great, the cross cultural calling and command of the Great Commission to all Christians is to what? Make disciples of all nations. Read it out loud together. The cross-cultural calling and command of the Great Commission to all Christians is to make disciples of all nations. Somebody say all nations. That's what the Great Commission's all about. Hit it again for me so I can hopefully get back on tr- track. A true disciple. What is a true disciple? A true disciple is is someone who is dedicated and disciplined follower of Jesus Christ who has embraced the command and the call of God to make disciples. Now I remember how come that doesn't line up with this because I I thought she had that and she doesn't have what I have. So let me back up our connect course. Let me show it to you. I didn't put it in your notes. The first lesson of our connect course was connecting to God. How many of you know that's the call to grow? The next class in our Connect course that we've been teaching for years, the Connect to Your Church Family, that's the call to gather and become a member of the family of faith. Our Connect course, the third class, Connecting to Your Ministry, that's a call to give, not just financially, but you give of your life and you serve. And then the last class is is Connecting to Your Mission, Uh, that's the call to go. So we've been teaching these four principles for years. We just got a little better way of saying it uh, and began to get it in our hearts. It says we're called to gather, we're called to grow, we're called to give, and we're called to go. And so what we learn about these four things is they all melt together, really, and they, they really come under the banner of the Great Commission. Everyone say the Great Commission. And that Great Commission is to make disciples. And that's what all of us are called to do. And you see, a disciple is much more than just a believer. Are you with me? A disciple is much more than a good church member. A disciple is much more than someone who studies the Bible. 
A disciple is much more than someone who follows Christ and endeavors to uh, uh, adhere to what he says. A disciple, a true disciple, is someone, and here it is, uh, a disciple of Jesus Christ who is dedicated and disciplined follower of Jesus, who has, catch this, embraced the calling and command of God to make disciples. Now, that's a disciple, not just someone who follows Jesus and goes to church and pays their tithes and serves in the nursery or serves in the youth department or just says, I believe in Jesus and I belong to him and I'm on my way to heaven from Beaumont, Texas. That might be a follower of Christ, but that's not really a disciple. Disciples are those who make disciples. He told his disciples in the Great Commission, go into all the world and do what? Somebody say, make disciples, not just go to church, not just read the Bible, not just pray a lot, not just study the Bible, uh, uh, but to go and reproduce, if you will, after like kind. Now that's a big job. That requires investment of our life. That requires us to begin to really look into our life and say, am I dedicated And I am I disciplined in my spiritual walk with God to the place that I would embrace the call and the command of God to make disciples. And it gets real quiet when we start thinking about that and asking ourselves if we're disciple makers. I think we need to reassess who we are. If we're not making disciples, I don't think we're really disciples. Because he told this great commission to his disciples. Disciples beget disciples. Everybody say that. Disciples beget disciples. Just like sheep beget sheep. Disciples beget disciples. And I got a feeling if we could catch that, if this section could catch that, if this section could catch that, if this preacher could catch that, if this section, if everybody here could begin to catch that and begin to uh, 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 look and learn from the Word of God what it means to be a disciple and how do we go about uh, making disciples and how do we embrace the call of God to make disciples. You see, we have a calling on our life. In fact, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, verse 8, 9, he said this. He said, he saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. You know what he told Timothy? He said, you've got a call on your life before you were ever a twinkle in your daddy's eye. The call of God upon our life is to reproduce after like kind and to make disciples. We've watered down what it means to be a disciple. We think if we just show up every once in a while and don't smoke, chew, or go with the girls that do and try to live a good life and raise good little kids and keep them out of the the the, the way of the devil and, and be good mamas and daddies that we've done our job. Listen, my friend, our children and those around us, they are looking to us to raise them up, not just to be good little boys and girls, but men and women of God and true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ who invest their lives in others and they make more disciples. Amen? It's it's raining. It's pouring. I like it. Amen? Don't go to sleep on me in the rain now. 
And so we've got to become true disciples. And this morning, I want to just learn from my, from the, the first century disciples. And so we're going to look into the gospels. Turn to Luke. Uh, you just kind of get there in the gospels. You're in Matthew. Just turn over to Luke. I want to show you some things about these first century disciples. They embrace the calling and command of God. Everyone say, we're called to make disciples. Say it. We're called to make disciples. And number two, we're commanded to make disciples. How many of you know the Great Commission is not the great suggestion? It's the commission. It's the command of God. How many of you know that? Go. Somebody say go. Go. Have you ever been at a stoplight, kind of checked out a gear, and somebody honked at, honked, you know, in, a, in the most loving way possible? Honked at you. What were they telling you? Go. Get up and go. Let me tell you something. God's, that when he gave the great commission, he was honking his horn. He was saying, it's time to go. It's time. It's not a suggestion. I'm not suggesting uh, that you, you know, when someone honks their horn at you, they're not suggesting that you might pray about going on down the road. They are, they are informing you it is time to make a move. This is the command of God. The great commission is the great command that we've got to embrace. And the first century disciples, they were all different. They were different kinds of people. They had different economic backgrounds. They had different social backgrounds. They were just a, a cross section of the world in that day, but God called them. And I'm going to show you some things about these first century disciples. They embraced the calling and the command of God upon their lives. Number one, everyone say forsake. There were some things that they, as well as we, must, say it again, forsake. And if you look in Luke chapter 5, it's Luke's account of Peter and the disciples when they're in the boat. And I won't go in depth into the passage. Needless to say, the disciples were washing their nets. And Jesus came to them and asked to bar the boat. And he put it out and he began to teach. And then he told them to let down their nets for a catch. And they got a big, huge catch. And Peter realized, and the eyes were open. They realized they were in the presence of the Lord. And Peter begins to repent. And, and Jesus says to him, basically, and the disciples, he said, you know what, uh, if, if you will follow me, you can become fishers of men. And you know what the Bible says there uh, in verse 11? It says, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all. Somebody say forsook all. They forsook all and followed him. You know, this is so contrary to American theology. This forsaking mindset has been lost in some kind of theological bluebell kind of mindset where it's you get all you can and can't and eat the rest kind of thing. Uh, it's all about me kind of mindset. Let me tell you something. When you gave your life to Christ, you became a slave of Christ. And we've forgotten about this reality that in order to fulfill his kingdom purpose, we've got to embrace the command of God and the call of God to forsake all. What did Jesus forsake when he came to planet earth? He forsook heaven. Come on now. Once I get to heaven, I'm never coming back. Jesus was there and he came here. He forsook that. And this principle of forsaking is so important for us. You know, in a sense, you know, all of us have forsook something at some time or another. But it's, but understand this. We've got to embrace this mindset when it comes to fulfilling the great 
Commission. If you're in Luke 4, go to Luke 14. Let me show you this. This is another wonderful teaching that, that you and I need to get a, 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 a real heart for. And, and in fact, my subtitle here in verse 25, leaving all to follow Christ. Man, when you study great men of God, especially early years missionaries, they forsook all. They just left knowing that when they, they would probably never come back. You know, missions today is relatively easy in most uh, cultures. But look what Jesus said in verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciples. God bless you. Love you, Reagan. See you later. He cannot be my disciple. How many of you know Jesus is not teaching us to hate our mom and daddy? But what he is teaching us is the principle of forsaking for the sake. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now go down to verse 33. I'll, I'll wait on this rest of this, this passage right here. Look what it says. So likewise, whoever of you who does not forsake all that he has cannot be, come on, say it, cannot be my Let me read that again because that's pretty include that's pretty straightforward when it comes to forsaking. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. We've got to come to the place in life where we're willing to forsake all. These first century disciples, you know what they did? They forsook all. And when these disciples in Luke 4 left their nets, they left their livelihood. When they left their nets and followed Jesus, they left their families. When they laid that down, they, for, they left their future. They gave up present day reality for future benefit in the kingdom of God. They were willing to forsake all. And you know what? This is challenging to me right here. I'm learning this. I'm, I'm about to be 61. I'm just kind to learning this a little bit because all our life long we're taught to be prosperous and to, and to be fruitful and we, we should be that and the Bible teaches all that. But how many of you know those things cannot be the governor and the Lord of our life. Jesus must be the governor and the Lord of our life and we've got to come to a place if we're going to be true disciples we've got to embrace the calling and the command of God to forsake all. What a challenge. We don't hear that much. You don't see that on Facebook much. Everybody, I mean, everything's, you know, here, God will bless you here. God will bless you there. And could I tell you that if you forsake all, he, if you give, it shall be what? Given unto you good measure. There's a, there's a return that comes to us when we're willing to lay it all down. And these disciples were willing to lay it all down. In fact, many of them lost their life. Uh, Peter, according to history, was crucified upside down because he didn't want to be crucified the same way as his Lord. They suffered. They, they forsook all and they followed him. True disciple of Jesus must, must, uh, embrace the call and the command of God to forsake. Number two, a true disciple of Jesus Christ who makes disciples must uh, embrace the call and the command of God to follow. Luke 5 and other passages says, Jesus said, follow me. 
and I will make you fishers of men. Just follow me. And they began to follow him. In fact, the first, gosh, really for the first three years, very little does, do we see the disciples doing. He sent them out, uh, uh, on a little evangelistic journey. Every once in a while, he would help, the, he would allow them to pass out the fish and the bread, but they didn't do much for the three years of Jesus' ministry. They were just following and learning. And and learning to be what God wanted them to be. And most of us spend our life trying to get Jesus. Could it be honest? Could it be honest? Look at your neighbor and say, go, go ahead, preacher, be honest. Come on. To, or, or look at me and say, go ahead, preacher, be honest. I want to be honest with you. Most of us spend all our life and all of our energies trying to get Jesus to follow us. Jesus, I'm doing this. Could you come and bless it? Jesus, I'm going here. Could you, could you show up? Jesus, I'm going to go to do this. I want you to come along with me in my journey. How many of you know God will give us the steps to go and he will be with us every step of the way, but ultimately true discipleship is following him every step of the way. And saying, like Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. These first century disciples embraced the call and command of God to forsake and follow Jesus. And number three, that they, they embraced the call and the command of God to fish. What did Jesus say to them? Mark 1.17, he really says it clearly. Follow me. And I will make you to be what? Fishers of men. Let me throw something out. A few weeks ago, I was, I didn't get, I haven't fished much this year. But a few weeks ago, just before the storm, I dashed out to my favorite fishing hole. And I caught the biggest bass of my life. It was a little anticlimactic. I only fished about 15 minutes. Caught this big fish. Then the storms came. I kind of, I didn't even get to wear because of uh, uh, my batteries. I'm, but I caught the biggest fish in my life. I mean, I've been fishing since uh, we moved equipment back in 1983. And then, and, and then five minutes, she's gone back. I let her go. And, and, and I just went, man, I caught the biggest fish in my life. Uh, and I wish somebody had been there to enjoy it with me. It was kind of anticlimactic. I love to fish. I did it on purpose. I was going out not just to enjoy the evening, not just to enjoy the beauty of the lake. I was going to do what? Catch a fish. And let me just say to you again, I'm going to be 61 this next week, and Beverly and I are taking a birthday week. This is my birthday week. You know, when you get older, you better take the whole week. So we're taking the week, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to purposefully go catch some fish. I am, I'm catching, I'm educating myself all over again. Listen, understand something. It's the same way with disciples. We got to realize that, that making disciples is not something you stumble into. It's something you go fishing for. You're going fishing for souls. You're fishing for men. And when you walk into the world that God has placed you in, you got to have this mindset. This is what a true disciple has. They don't show up at the family fellowship for the pizza and the, and the, and the ice cream or the crawfish, which is by the way, what I'm going to eat on my birthday. Somebody say, amen. They don't just show up for the stuff. Hey, true disciples show up in life to fish for people who are lost and without Christ. It's a change of the way we think about life. 
these first century disciples, they became fishers of men. And I want to encourage us all to begin to embrace what these first century disciples embraced, uh, the command and the call of God to forsake all, to follow him, and to become fishers of men. And turn to John chapter 1. Let me show you this. This is a, this is a little added insight to that fish, fishers of men. Because understand something about you and me. There are some people in life that we have a divine connection to that God wants us to not only fish for, but to find them. These first century disciples, they learned from the best. They learned from Jesus, and they began to go out and find their friends and family. Some of you need to go find somebody. There's somebody God has designated for you to find. Let me show you this in verse 35. Look what it says. And again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. That's John the Baptist. And looking at Jesus, he walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. you get the picture? Here's John the Baptist. He just baptized Jesus. John had disciples, and, and John the Baptist did something correct. He took his disciples, and he pointed them to Jesus. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they what? Followed him. Then Jesus turned, seeing them, following, said to them, What do you seek? And, and, and they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated teacher, where are you? And then they said, Where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. And one of the two who heard John speak followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. You get it? And he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. Did you see what verse 41 says? The two disciples of John the Baptist, one of them was Andrew, Simon's Peter's brother, and Andrew went and found his brother and said, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. There are people in our life who are important to God. In fact, everybody's important, but for us personally, we need to understand there are people in our pathway who are important to God. That we have the responsibility to find them and bring them to Jesus. Most of us are waiting on people who, who, who are waiting on us. They're waiting on us to find them, and we're waiting on them to stumble in so we can get the credit. But listen to me. They went out and found, hey, follow along here. Uh, Andrew went and found him and brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus looked at him, verse 42, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone or a rock. Now, following, follow this. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Jesus found Philip. You know, every once in a while, Jesus will just find somebody. 
But now look what Philip does. Philip does. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him. Do you see what Philip did? Philip got found by Jesus. But the first thing Philip does, he goes and finds Nathanael and says, we found him. That's true discipleship. When we forsake all and follow him and become fishers of men, it changed our whole understanding of what we do. And there's a lot of different backgrounds. I see different backgrounds. There's, there's constructions workers, there's engineers, there's, there's all kinds, there's doctors, there's, uh, there's, there's, uh, helicopter pilots. I'm telling you, bah, 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 of which I've never ridden with him before. I uh, just threw that out one of these days. In fact, his wife has never Roberta, have you ever been in it one time? Did you say I'll never go back? No, no. One day maybe he'll take all of us somewhere, get a special ticket, and we can all have a special helicopter ride. I'm just speaking it out as faith. There's all kinds of different people and backgrounds here, and we all have different, but everything we do has to be with, I'm here because there are people that need Jesus, and I'm a fisher of men, and i got to find some people. Philip went out and found Nathaniel and brought him to Jesus. That's discipleship. True discipleship and true disciples and these first century disciples, they embraced the call and the command of God to forsake all, to follow him, fish for men and find their friends and family and bring them to Jesus. And number five, they... Embrace the calling and the command of God to finish what Jesus had for them to, to finish and to accomplish. Look in Luke 14. Uh, we were there just a moment ago. Go back there in the middle of this parable and this teaching where Jesus was teaching, forsake all and follow me. Look what he says uh, in verse 28. It says this, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. He's talking about discipleship and fulfilling God's purpose for our life, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who's coming against him with 20,000? Or else while the other is still great way off, he sends a delegate and asks for conditions of peace. Then he says, like Likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all, he cannot be my disciple. What's he saying? You got to count the cost and say, you know what? I'm not going to just walk off midstream. I'm not just going to retire in the middle of this process. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. And God has a task for me to do. I was talking to a friend of mine who's six. In fact, it was Pastor Randy Miller. Pastor Randy Miller, 64. I'm be 61. And we were talking and I said, I said, well, when you uh, get turn 65, are you going to retire? He said, what would I retire to? He's got, he said, I just keep on doing what God wants me to do. And I like that because we got to be finishers. Somebody said we got to be a finisher. 
There's something that God has for us. And we can't walk away and just say, you know what, I quit. Let me tell you something. Quitters never win and winners never quit. we got to fulfill and finish God's purpose for our life. We can't sit around twiddling our thumbs hoping somebody will pick up the mantle. There's a job for us. True discipleship goes until the end. It finishes strong. Just like Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 5, I believe. He said, I finished my race. I've kept the faith. And finally, there's laid up for me a crown of rejoicing. We've got to finish strong. In fact, I love what he said. Paul said, I, let's see, Acts 20, let me before I... Acts 20, he talks about finishing the responsibility that God has for him. Acts 20, verse 24, he said this, He said this, Paul said this, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. I love that. He he knew that persecution awaited him, but he said it doesn't move me. Because I got to fin- I got a race to run. I've got a job to do. I've got something I've got to finish. I can't quit until Jesus calls me home. And as I said just a moment ago, I'm not going to expire. I'm going to inspire. God has something for us to accomplish. Could I say to your church family, God has something for us to accomplish. And as disciples, we've got to forsake all, follow him, become fishers of men and women and find those that God has for us to find and bring them to Jesus and finish the race. And number six, fulfill the Great Commission. Fulfill the Great Commission. Matthew 24, Matthew prophesied, Jesus prophesies about the end of days. And here's what he says. And I'm excited about the future because it says this in verse 20, uh, 14 of Matthew 24, Jesus said this, uh, it says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. Could I tell you, The gospel must be preached before Jesus can come back. And disciples have these six pillars built within their system. To be willing to forsake all and follow Jesus and fish for men. Find those that need to be, that that are important to God and all are important to God. But there are people in our life, listen, there's key people in our life. That God wants us to find them and bring them to Jesus so they can become disciples too. In fact, Paul told Timothy this in 2 Timothy 2 2. He said, You go find some faithful men and you teach them what I taught you, that they may teach others also. So we can all together fulfill the Great Commission. That, my friends, a true disciple. And until we embrace that in our hearts, We'll never be those who fulfill the Great Commission. We'll be never, we, we might be believers. You know, in this room, I believe we got a room full of believers. And to some extent, we got a room full of followers. But listen, we got to all become more than just believers and more than just church members and more than just, you know, uh, saints of God. We've got to become true disciples.
go into the world and make some more. That's what we've got to embrace. And everybody said amen. Let's stand together. Let's persist with God at the place of prayer for a moment. Let's pray that God, let's begin to, let's begin to ask God to help us become disciple makers. You know, if we'll follow him, he'll begin to do the work in us. He says, follow me, follow me and I'll make you to become fishers of men. So maybe if we'll just really commit to not get Jesus to follow us, but us to follow him. The transformation can begin. And maybe this seven month thing that I just threw out off the top of my head. Maybe we ought to commit for the next seven months or seven days a week to ask God and to, to, to help us fulfill the mission that he has for us to make disciples. Maybe there's some people in your life right now. Maybe there's some Nathaniels. Maybe there's someone that you've got to go find them right now and bring them to Jesus and begin the process of making disciples. Father, today, we thank you for the Great Commission. We know it's a calling, but yet it's still a command. And today we yield ourselves and we yield our hearts and we yield our lives to the call and the command to make disciples. I pray you would transform us from fishers of temporal things to fishers of eternal things. Would you pray some kind of prayer like that? Say, Lord, help me to become a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Could you pray that without me having to lead you? Could you just on your own right now, just begin to ask God, Lord, help me to become a true disciple. One that embraces the call and the command to make disciples. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to do something this morning while we're at the place of prayer. I'm going to hold this mic right here. And I'm going to ask a few volunteers to come and pray this same kind of prayer over our church family. That God would raise up disciple makers in this house. If that's you, this if you could just pray a prayer. You say, Pastor, I'm a, I'll pray a prayer. I'm going to hold this mic. Just come quickly, two or three, and just pray over our church family. Pray over you. Pray over this, the, the vision of God for our church to become disciple makers. Come, somebody, come on quick. I'm, I'm trying to follow the leading of the Lord, and I'm going to ask you to do that. Amen. Let's just pray prayer. Somebody else. Beverly's going to pray. Somebody else, come on right now. We'll do two or three. Go ahead, Beverly. Thank you, Father Jesus. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would put in every one of our hearts, Father God, to be a true disciple of yours, Lord. Yes, Lord. God, you gave everything for us when you sent Jesus to us, Lord. 
And he deserves everything that we can give him. He deserves every bit of ourselves, Father God. So, Lord, we dedicate ourselves to you, Lord God, as as your disciples, Father God. Build that in our hearts, Father God, that we would be a true disciple, Father God, a true follower of yours, Father God, that we would go out into the highways and byways and we would compel them to come in, Father God, that we would show your love, that we would show your light, Father God, by the example that we can live, Father God, and we can say, come and see. Come and see the Savior that we have experienced, that we have known, that we know, and that, Lord, they will see Jesus in us, Father God. Come and see. And, and Lord, there's people out there that are are waiting, Father God, for us just to come to them and show them the way, Father God. So open our spiritual eyes, Father God. Take the blinders off of us, Father God, and take the the complacency out of our life, Father God, and the laziness or whatever is keeping us, Father God, from pursuing the the, the call of being a true disciple, Father yes, God, Lord, and let us lay those phones down, lay those TVs down, Father God, and get out there, Father God, because yes, people Jesus. are dying. Father God, people Lord, are dying Jesus. and going to hell, Father God. And Lord, so help Jesus. us to be obedient to your yes, call, Lord, Father Jesus. God. That's what we're here for. That's why we became a Christian, to bring others to heaven with us, yes, Father Lord. God. So do that in our lives, God, today. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father yes, God. Amen. Amen. Roberta, pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this word today. Yes, God. Lord, may our hearts, Lord, be hot with us, Lord yes, Jesus. Lord and Jesus. forgive us, Lord, for our complacency. Forgive yes, us for laziness. Forgive us God. for fear, Father God. Yes, Lord. Forgive us for coming in here, Lord, yes, and being Lord. a bless us for and no more, Lord Jesus, oh, for God. just coming in and getting the monkey off of our back. Oh, yes, Lord, every time we walk out of these doors, Lord Jesus, let us remember, Lord, that there is the harvest yes, out there, Lord, and yes, the harvest God. is white, yes, but the laborers are few. Oh, Lord. Lord God, yes, make us laborers, Father God. Give us hunger, Lord, a hunger, Lord, for souls to make disciples, yes, Lord. Lord Jesus. Yes, Help Lord. us, Lord. Give us a hunger, yes, Lord, God. for this, Lord Jesus. Yes, we thank Lord. you, Lord Jesus, for Do it. it. Lord. Thank you, Holy it, Spirit, Lord. even now, yes, touching us you, and moving us, Lord yes, Jesus, Lord. moving us beyond ourselves. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to spend time with you and in your word and realize you have equipped us and yes, called Lord. us, Lord, you, Lord, to do this. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. You're moving even now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jeremy, pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Before you, we just ask you to to empower us, Father, all the way from the grade school kids all the way up. Father, to us adults, Father, to be disciples and to make disciples, Father. We know that our area, Father, that that our state and that our country needs followers yes. of Jesus Christ. And yes, we just Lord. pray, Father, that you just empower us, Father, yes, Lord. that you speak to us, Holy Spirit, that you just use yes, us, God. Father, to touch yes, those God. in our daily lives, Father, yes, that Lord. one by one that this country can be one to you, Thank Father, Jesus. and that that Lord. love that you've shown us yes, can be multiplied Lord. to those around us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Lord, as things happen in our lives, as they've happened in mine and, and Lord, in, in other people that are in this congregation, and help us to understand, Lord, that, that you don't cause a lot of the things that happen, but you use the yes. things that do happen. Yes, Lord. Father, it's not on my top ten list to be diagnosed with this disease that's in me, but, Lord, I know that you've used it to bless others. Lord, in that is my that is my lot to make disciples through 
faith and encouraging them in their dark spots. Yes. Lord, will you've encouraged me in my dark spot. Thank you, Lord. And help us all to learn yes, that we can help others through our own our own trials, O oh Lord. That we can make disciples you, through what you've done in us in Jesus' name. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Take somebody by the hand right now. Let's just agree together. Father, we, we say so be it to these prayers today. We say so be it. And Lord, this day, this week, Lord, help us to find those that you've put in our path. Help us, Lord, to find them. Fish for them and find them out, Lord God. And begin to invest our lives and to forsake our will and to begin to follow you and, and reach out and fish and find, Lord, those that are in so, so much need of you, Lord, so we can finish what you've called us to do and do our part to fulfill the great commission that is before us so lord let this church become as we've prayed white hot for the gospel white hot lord jesus to fulfill the great commission and lord give us strength to stand give us resources lord to go lord god you gave us all things that pertain to life and godliness so today lord we embrace the commission we embrace the call we embrace the command of god to go make disciples now lord Lord Jesus, let it begin to happen today. Lord, as we follow you, let people come our way. Let us go find them. Let us fish for them. Let us see you do great and mighty things through our life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, let's give the Lord of glory some praise today. Hallelujah.